Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off starts. Howdy, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Sneaker History Podcast. A really great kind of turn of events in this episode. Uh, we're looking at physical sneaker history shoes. Shoes that help make up what sneaker history ultimately is now. Here are some great guests probably familiar with this gentleman here uh jordy geller aka shoeseum hi everyone great collection here make sure you check out everything he's made it's been fantastic in the sneaker verse and we're here with the great people at cs80 vintage which is why we have an episode today so greg monica so happy to have you two here um hi basically we're gonna be showing off the kind of stuff that greg and monica came across acquired um, which is now going to be the basis of this episode. And then Jordy and I are going to kind of go through what some of the shoes are. Everything you see today is going to be available for sale at some point. Starting March 1st, they're going to be releasing shoes in 80 shoe bunches every day. For how long, Jordy? Well, until we work our way through them. I'm thinking there's a lot. Four or five days. Four or five days at least. There's so much to go over. So every shoe we show you is completely vintage. It's going to be available. Check out this episode. It's going to be really fun. So CS80 Vintage. Please tell us how that name came up, how these shoes came into existence. This, this The 411 on it. Yeah, totally. Okay, so... Uh, for years, I've worked with hoarders, and I happened to get a text from one of our family friends that said, Monica, uh, I need your assistance in helping me figure out this project. And I was not really wanting a large volume of stuff. I told Greg and my daughter, yeah, not interested. Well, they sent a video that came through, um, which maybe you've seen on Jordy's page, and it was the basement that had what we were told about 5,000 pairs of shoes. And, um, I was told by Greg and my daughter to not be an idiot and let's go look at it and check it out. So we showed up, um, to the location and was just completely blown away as to what we saw. And I quickly changed my thought plan and realized, oh no, there's a lot of really cool stuff here that people really want. And I guess this is going to be our next project for who knows how long. So, um, the stuff came from Franz, and Franz was a um, German man in the 60s that came from Germany to play semi-professional soccer here in the Sacramento area. We're in California, so um, to play in the Sacramento area. And 
he slowly, his teammates were like, hey, where'd you get that? What's this? What's that? So he started to import all of his um, German shoes to his friends. And it kind of just turned into a very large business for him over, um, gosh, all of the well, it started late 60s and then it went all the way through. We have some invoices on things that we found from the early like 90, um, but majority of the stuff is all from the 80s. And it's just been super wild to unpack it all. And um, there's now we've thrown away about, um, I think we had to dispose of about 3,000, 4,000 pairs of shoes. And now we're down to maybe about 5,000. I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell. We did just have a large bulk sale of some cleats. That was really cool. Thanks, Jordy, for hooking that up. My pleasure. Um, and so the cleats have all been moved. And now we're just moving into all the other cool stuff. And then we also have clothing and NFL and NBA and Puma, Adidas, Nike. I just The list could go on. It's pretty cool. Pretty much every sport. Every sport. So we've just been trying to figure it out, like what to do. It's been 16 months. We got the text 16 months ago and it's been years of, or just a year of sorting and organizing. It took us 16 days to get everything out of the location and we kind of came to a spot where I had everything. When we were pulling everything out, it was like a treasure hunt of all treasure hunts. And we'd open up a bag and it would be a tennis shoe, but then it would also have like an NFL jersey or a baseball hat. So we had to kind of gather everything to figure out the full quantity um, of what we had in inventory. And so we came to a standing point of like, oh my gosh, these shoes are so epic. But I don't know what's what or what's down or like what's cool, what's not cool. I know it's cool and what I like to wear, but that may not be what other people think are cool. So there was a sneaker con convention um, in San Jose, down in San Jose. Thank you. <laughs> He's reading my mind. Where was it? And we took a bag, uh, two bags of our shoes, which had Cortez and um, boxing shoes. I mean, I don't even know. It was just like an epic bag of all these shoes. And we opened up the bag or we walked in, we were walking in. We knew that our inventory probably wasn't necessarily going to be what was hot at the sneaker convention. But so we went in and we surveyed the whole place. And I was like, said to him, Greg, I'm not sure if this is where we're supposed to be, but all we need is one name. If we just get one name, then we can go forward on that. Let's see where we go. So we went in to survey everybody. and We there did was, the whole round. We just went around the whole Checked convention. everybody out. Didn't talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there was this guy that was from Chicago. Alejandro, I think is his name. I can't remember. But we showed him what was in the bag. And he's like, oh, my God, you're right. You're really not at the right spot. But. And I said, I know, but we just need one name. Can you give us one name? And he goes, give me your phone. And I handed him my phone and he opened up my um, Instagram app and put found uh, sneak uh, shoeseum. And when he found shoeseum, he goes, call this guy, call him right now. He'll answer. And I'm like, I'm not calling him right now. Okay. Anyway, so four days later, I sent Jordan a message at four o'clock in the morning. And by six o'clock, Jordan had already responded. By eight o'clock, we were on the phone and we FaceTimed for two hours. And it's just been a really cool connection to be able to have him help us figure this out. And then we came up to Oregon and met you. And that's where we are now is just the next step. So it's kind of a rundown. That's such an amazing story. It's when I first heard it and you told me that in person, my first thought was like History Channel's ultimate dream of like an actual American Pickers episode is having 
a basement. And from the videos you guys took, it's a it was yeah. like a basement. It was like every nook and cranny and crevice had this vintage stuff in it. It, it was literally did. We went on, yeah, we went onto the property not knowing if um, what we were going to find where, if anything. And it was one like space after another. Um, so you walked in and he had a garage and then he had built a garage himself. Underneath the garage was the basement that had the 10,000 shoes. And in the attic, and then the whole garage was filled with stuff. They still had his calendar from 1990. His TV is right here behind us. It sits on the counter. Um, and then we went out into the gazebo and the gazebo was filled with baseball hats and baseball bats. And then we went into the attic of the house and that was filled with starter jackets. And it really was just a treasure of so many amazing things. There's a listener out there who is on the path to be like that, you know, 60 years from now. There's a house full of hats, sneakers and starter jackets. So you you guys have moved a decent amount of this, the stuff right now we're kind of just on the shoes and, but you've had success with a lot of the clothing Uh, already, right? Uh, no, the clothing is still, so we have two different sets of clothing. We have Mm -hmm. three different kinds of clothing. So we're still trying to move the, like organize everything. No, we've sold maybe 10% of what we have. We have a lot. So I'm thinking this is going to be a couple of a year thing. We're not really interested in dumping everything at once because how cool is this that we're like living a real life dream At a certain point, if it gets too crazy or we get the right offer, then yeah, maybe we will dump it all at one time. But right now we're slowly trickling it out. And as Jordan would say, I'm playing dress up with my friends. And for sure, (laughs) I am playing dress up with my friends. (laughs) Can I interject and just say one other thing that I've learned about Monica? So she's a professional photographer and she's been doing these incredible photo shoots with some of the 80s apparel where she has people come over and they get to pick out outfits and dress up in them and they get their pictures taken and then they get to buy the apparel. So that's been one fun thing that she's yeah, been that's, doing. I have one cool. scheduled for tomorrow. So yeah, Jordan, thanks. For, yeah, we're having one scheduled tomorrow. So then I'll use those pictures for marketing to share with the world what we have going on. That's so magical. I saw the baseball cleats you were just referring to a bit ago and just it's so rare to find something with the volume in which you did. Jordy, how many baseball cleats or the the like the leather ones, right? Like there, I think there was a red pair. You're talking about set. the cornerstones that came in the black and gold boxes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's probably, I don't know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 of those black and gold boxes. And yeah, it's incredible to have them in blue and white and black and red and, and just a variety of some other colors in there too. <laughs> Yeah. And that's interesting that you touch on that because we do have large quantities of many things. And it's because he used the stuff to supply for, um, teams. So like this shirt that I have on is I've cut, cut it cause I cut my clothes, but this shirt is something that would have been done for a uniform. And we have uniforms like this hat is something that also would have been done for a uniform. So, um, yeah, there's just all different kinds of options. I totally lost what your, my question was, but anyways, no. Monica reached out to me in November and shared some pictures and videos of what she had found. And I was blown away. I mean, people reach out to me all the time with like, hey, I've got this and what's it worth or check this out or that out. But what she had sent me was my jaw was on the floor. And Mm -hmm. 
So we talked a few hours later and quickly Greg and Monica pulled together a hundred really cool Nike items and they sent them to me in Portland. Well, actually they drove them to me in Portland and I sold them for them. But then once those auctions were live, I turned around and went to Sacramento to see the iceberg because really they <laughs> the tip of the iceberg. You drove over the iceberg to get here, right? <laughs> I did. I drove through snow, hail, sleet. It was crazy. All in one day, everything that could have possibly <laughs> happened, happened. And it happened too when they came here. But it's anyways, been a wild ride. Yeah, it has. And I went down and I saw Monica and Greg's warehouse that they had. And it was, I mean, unreal it was like walking back in time into the 1980s stuff that you just don't see nowadays and a quantity like you can't even believe like they have satin jackets for example that are like ready to go with all kinds of letters they have a press to put letters and names and numbers on the back of jerseys this was a serious operation that was going on in the shop before Greg and Monica got a hold of everything. For and, sure. And, I mean, they have trash bags of like the same satin jacket, small, medium, large, XL, multiple quantities of each size. And then all, every number and letter and team thing to put on there. It's mind blowing. We, we have a treasure definitely yes. a time capsule treasure. Like it's amazing what we've been able to acquire and pass on. And so they it's also cool. have a friend who's based in Northern California named Justin, oh. who has a niche in selling stuff from the nineties, like team sports stuff. And so yeah. they diverted some stuff to him, like hats and jackets. And so they have multiple channels working for them now to go through this stockpile of inventory. And they really found me to come in and help with the sneakers. Oh yeah. Jordan's been the sneaker guy. And then we're right now working on details of, we're doing custom appointments in the studio. So if people want to come meet here, then, um, I'm shopping, pre-shopping and doing things in here with like an open inventory. And then we're also working on the details right now to be launched in our local area, um, in a storefront that's be, will be open, um, mid-March. Yeah. Mid-March. So those details are still worked out. Can't talk about them, but it's exciting. We're ready to start moving the stuff for sure. When I first saw the iceberg, the tip of it, it reminded me of like Netflix's Stranger Things, where if you need yes. to like literally outfit an entire fake mall and every totally teenager inside of it, you have that level of stuff. So from all of that, we took the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg and pulled out some items here, some specific sneakers that Jordy and I feel like you listeners are really going to enjoy seeing each item either from Patrick Ewing wearing it before he had his own brand to what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wore to what, you know, run DMC made famous that level of stuff, but in their true originals, right? I like to spend a lot of time looking for shoes and Adidas sells the superstar 84, which is like the 84 version in 2022. We're talking about the actual versions in this episode today. So it's so exciting. Jordy, let's go ahead and show some, show some shoes off. That is a tongue twister. <laughs> yes, I would love to. So 
I wanted to get started with Adidas because of Braun's rich history being German and then importing shoes from Germany. And something crazy about a lot of these shoes actually is they say they were made in West Germany, which of course isn't even around anymore. But let's look at some Adidas uh, starting here with the top 10. 79, I believe, was the original release year. So crispy. These shoes were made in France. And I just want to pick it up and bring it closer to the camera so you can see just how bright and vivid the colors and the materials are on these shoes. It almost looks like wet paint. Those look good. They look so They look outstanding. Again, vintaged shoes, aged shoes are so popular now where Nike's releasing pairs with yellowed outsole where Adidas is doing, you know, yellowed forums, which is another shoe we have here too. Like they're, they want to replicate this look and here you have the original with oh, a makeup. The cool yeah. The, the original top ten logo. The material is just so soft and supple. It's nothing like what they make today. No, everything what now is coded. Is this one is a size six and a half. Okay. And now working our way to the next one, this is the decade. And I was really enjoying checking out these shoes together because they're actually very similar. This one kind of has some more bells and whistles. You can see this sort of strip right here of silver. Just like compare the lines it's like a Converse Y-bar, but not on the, on the bottom pair. You know, Converse is famous for their Y-bar on the weapon. And that yeah. Adidas pair kind of took a riff off of that. Still with the hang tag attached. You know, with all the that beautiful, spec. neutral, soft gray. Just so yeah, I mean, nice. In hand, the materials on these shoes are insane. And, you know, Jordy, I was really interested uh, when I first saw them is just how sturdy they actually still are too like obviously monica you said you had to let go of some pairs just due to them uh, being a lot unusable. Of rotting. Yeah. yeah the soles it was pretty much we threw away soles that had turned to foam that just yeah. crumbled yeah the dust. These puppies, but, then though. I have, but then i wear these every day now and mm -hmm. i love them i think that shoe's called the coaster right the onitsuka tiger coaster yeah, I'm not sure the name on this pair. They're comfy as can be. They're like comfier than shoes that I would go buy today. I like love these shoes. I've been living in the Onitsuka Tiger part of the collection this week. So I'm, I'm deeply entrenched in. Yeah, so you would know the name on them for yeah. sure. <laughs> That's a huge difference, Monica. You brought up how newer shoes just don't feel that way. This yeah. In modern manufacturing, they want to cut as many corners to save as much money as possible. And what you and Jordy have here, not only made in France, but made correctly in France, right? Just the era of these shoes to withstand this amount of time and look this good is, is a testament to their quality. Okay, time out. Did you know that we have an entire network of podcasts? That's right. It's called the Retrospect Podcast Network, and it includes a number of shows that you might like if you're enjoying this one. First up is for the F1 fans. Exhaust Notes is a Formula One podcast that's the perfect balance for the new fans joining the sport and the tried and true diehard F1 fans who've been there all along. New episodes of Exhaust Notes drop every Tuesday on all of your favorite podcast platforms and at exhaustnotes.fm. We've also got a show for the fitted hat collectors out there called Crown and Stitch. 
As a baseball fan, I've been obsessed with hats for as long as I can remember, and the number of people collecting now has gone through the roof. It reminds me of sneakers back in the day, and I absolutely love seeing creativity of the new releases. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode of Crown & Stitch on all of your favorite podcast platforms and on YouTube at youtube.com slash Stitch. If you follow me personally on social platforms at Nick Engvall, you probably already know I first dipped my toes in the podcast game back in 2015 with a show called Outside the Box. Originally hosted by my friends Brandon Edler and Jacques Slade, it eventually evolved into a show with Tiffany Beers, Jacques Slade, and myself, and then into an interview series with some amazingly creative guests. While the show has gone through a lot of changes throughout the years, and it's currently on hiatus, a lot of people have been enjoying past episodes recently, and I'm excited to say I have new episodes in the works for the new year. We'll be adding new podcasts to the Retrospect Network in the coming months as well. In fact, if you'd like to advertise on any of the shows, be a guest on any of the shows, or even talk to us about getting your own podcast started, reach out to us at podcast at sneakerhistory.com and find out more about the podcast network at retrospectpodcast.com. Yeah, for sure. Jordy, what else you got there for us? I'm really excited about this pair, and I was thrilled about it as soon as Monica (laughs) showed them to me. So check this out. It's called the Nadia. I don't know if you can read that name right there. These were made for the gymnast Nadia Komenichi. Okay? And these have got to be the most lightweight, minimalistic shoes that I've ever held. I mean, people say, oh, it weighs nothing or it weighs like a feather. These really weigh nothing. Every time I go to pick up that box, like you go like that because yeah, Yeah. they're like so light. They're crazy. Okay. So these are from 1975. Five. Oh, wow. Is that what they are? Yes. And this material on the outsoles is the same material used on trampolines. Really? Yes. Okay. And I found just some amazing pictures. Look at you. Of her. Yeah. Is she wearing them? Yeah. And also an old ad for the shoes. Wow. She won in 76. So that would have been the time to print those (laughs) in. So let me just read what what I found from this website. It says 1975 gymnastics shoe. The shoe was produced for Soviet artistic gymnast and World Cup winner. At the end of her final season in 1975, she gave the shoe to Adi Dossler during a visit. The shoe was specifically developed to meet the demands of gymnastics and artistic gymnasts. The upper is made of pure coated fabric. The outsole is made of chrome tan split suede. The facings are made of textile reinforced rubber known as trampoline material. No way. And I mean, you can imagine her going off of these little springy soles and just doing amazing things in them. I can't wait to go pick those up and dig and look at them a little bit more after all that information. So cool. So cool, right? Yeah. Jordy and I being the Air Jordan aficionados that we are, a lot of the language there to describe Nadia and the specifications sounds reminiscent of what Jordan brand will put in like the back of their Air Jordan 12s, right? Like made to the exact specifications of what you just read there sounded a lot like that, but for Nadia. Yeah. Can you see I mean, how it says her name right there on the side of it the does? shoe? Faintly, oh yeah. I see it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And these shoes were made in Yugoslavia. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I find it so funny that, like, those were ours, and there's so many things that you point out to me that we didn't even notice because there's so many shoes. You Like, when you found the one that was missing the four-hole punch – 
or the box top that had all of the cities listed, I think. It's so fun just to have you find these things that I'm like, oh, how'd we miss that one? Oh, that's cool. It's fun to really dive into all this stuff with like a, a magnifying glass. Yeah, totally. So when I've got get- two more. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, no, say when we get to Nike, maybe you have the bottom of another box that was really cool. But yeah, go ahead to the other two Adidas you have there. Yeah, so we got two more Adidas that I just couldn't resist pulling out. Here are the Kareem Abdul Jabbar's with a picture of his face on the box. I mean, it's, I think 71 is the year they released the Abdul Jabbar. And they were calling them Kareem's Skyhook shoes. And of course, his face is on the tongues as well. And Kareem was the first basketball player that was signed by Adidas. And I thought that these were really significant since LeBron just broke Kareem's all-time scoring record last week. So I thought it would be cool to just break out a pair of OG Kareem's. And they're still hip. I mean, to use an old school word, so to speak, but those are just hip looking. Those are just cool. Like a lot the of them, box. a lot of the shoes are super cool where I'm like, mm. they, they look so they're, they're hip. They're cool. Mm-hmm. The box they, is yeah, out like, of this world. And yeah, those are the From this to the most hip of all the Adidas. And I didn't even break these out of the box because I wanted to save the unboxing for this episode. When do you ever see a pair of OG Superstar shell toes, DS in the box, hasn't even come out of the box. And I just wanted to break them out with you for the first time and just appreciate them. Wow. Yeah. Those are cool. You know, I mean, this has got to be the most iconic Adidas sneaker of all time. Chris Severn was the designer of the superstar. These ones were made in France. Do you see how crispy this tongue is and just like everything about this shoe? It's a Mount Rushmore shoe, right? If you have like four, one shoe per brand, right? Four major shoe brands. That would be, you know, the Abraham Lincoln, so to speak. That's it, <laughs> right? It's the Air yeah, One is. or the Dunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that you saved the unveiling. It's been really fun to open up stuff and be like, oh my God, nobody's ever opened this. I love opening them up and styling them and straightening out the laces. But for something like this, I was just like, man, I just, I have to save this experience for the viewers because there's really just something so special about peeling apart the paper and just (laughs) pulling it out of the box for the first time and just seeing those beautiful laces just factory tied like this what size are those these ones are a size six is that a shoe for example there's more than one size of yes isn't that unbelievable crazy it really is yeah there's three different ones that i have up here greg and monica probably have more of them and as i was sorting through the adidas and going through the three pairs, this was the one that seemed the least touched of all of them. So I was like, okay, I'm going to save this one for the episode. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah, George you, can, has, oh. you can still see so. the little sticker on the insole yeah. right there. So, so many of these shoes, another pair from another brand you'll bring up later. Jordy, put that shoe in the same position again with it facing us. The, the way, the rotate it one more time. 
toe box facing the camera. It's just the way the leather goes back to the tongue, right? Um, oh yeah, 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 like that. Just they all oh. angle in. They're all just like shoes aren't built like that anymore. That's probably why they're so in such good shape still. Yeah, it's true. You know, I'll, I'll unstuff a shoe and just give you a sneak peek at just of what you're talking about. And yeah, they're just, they kind of just fold over and come together like that. Like a foot actually does. So many shoes now kind of just run parallel at the sides where your foot goes in. And that's maybe why they're not as comfortable anymore for the most part. Those old, yeah. These little boxes are amazing too, you know, just like a relic from another era. They're so small and slim and not just big and bulky, like the way they evolved. But it's fun to see the heritage, right? Adidas still sells shoes in that color of blue with the white stripes on it. Just That's been really fun to see the different boxes as they've changed to watch. Mm -hmm. And they're the same, but they're different. It's been cool to, you can kind of put, it's been an interesting putting puzzle pieces together. There's no question. It's been a scavenger hunt of what's this and what's that. So, yes. So that wraps up the Adidas that I picked out. Um, I've got a couple pairs of Converse that I'm yes, please. excited to show you. Also, Huge Converse fan. Brand new in the box. Pro this Star. Gorgeous pair of yes. Pro Stars was the same model that was worn by Michael Jordan before he inked his Nike deal. Oh, that ankle. And something really cool about this pair is that it's actually a size 13 and a half, which is the size of Michael Jordan's right foot. His left (laughs) is 13 and his right is a 13 and a half. So it's pretty amazing to have a pair of the old Converse DS in the box in MJ size, although during his college days, he wore a 13, not a 13, 13 and a half, but still it's close enough. <laughs> so I got That's a this beautiful pair. shoe. And then a lot of themes, pair. right? This with the colors, a lot of white and grays across all the brands. They look so good in the white and red. Look at this gorgeous pair of Converse Pro Leathers. I think 76. Yes. Made famous by Julius Irving. Are those my size? I think I want to wear those. They're tripping. They're 11 and a half. They're mine and Greg's size. (laughs) I have a big foot though. (laughs) So yeah, these really excited me when I saw them. They're made in the USA. Oh my goodness. Just impeccable. And Greg and Monica have two pairs of these in white and red that I'll be selling in the upcoming sale. And then a handful of them in white and gray across a variety of different sizes. So definitely be on the lookout for these. They've been retroed time and time again, but there's nothing like the OG. I wore a pair of low top pro leathers literally last week. And (laughs) the reason why you can't play basketball in the same way Dr. J would play basketball in those for everything Jordy just said, just the construction and the, the feel of it there. It's, it's just different. The support you get from that real leather is much different. Look at the shape of the heels. Yeah. It's really cool that this pair is from the mid seventies and also that those Nadia shoes are from, the mid 70s even though most of this collection is from 
the eighties, there are still some pieces in here from earlier. Where's Palmverse from? U.S. Illinois, I believe. And Boston, I think. Ah, and Boston. And Nike actually owns Converse now. Back in the 70s and 80s, though, where were they made? In the U.S.? I believe it was in Boston. Okay. Interesting. I could be wrong. I'm just trying to put together how he would have ended up, you know, like, like, how would he end up with shoes from Boston at that point? But, yeah, that's probably when he started uh, pulling everything, importing stuff. Or not importing, but selling. He had a good eye because yeah. maybe he just saw, oh, that Dr. J guy is doing very well in those sneakers. And who knows, <laughs> right? Lost the time, but just the yeah. eye this man had for these shoes that are now being shown. I'm not sure if his family would call it an eye. They would call it more of a hoarder. His family was yeah. like, I can't believe how much stuff he has. It's it's unbelievable. But yeah, we'll call it an eye. We'll appreciate it for him. Uh, so next up, switching gears into some Nike stuff, which I'm really excited to share with you. I've got two pairs of OG Bruins from 1980 and 1981. I want to try to just grab both of the boxes just to show you them and all their magnificence. Also with that shape, Robbie, that you were talking about. It's so good. I so think yeah. the bottom of those have the shoe models listed available from Nike also. Is that is that that model? You know, it's not these boxes, but many of the the shoes that I'm going to be selling do have those boxes that list off all the different models. Uh, Something really cool about these two Bruins, and of course the Nike Bruin was the first ever low-top basketball shoe created by Nike. One of these pairs is from 1980, and then the other one is from 1981. And they look very similar until you look at the outcome. Souls. Oops. <laughs> Sorry, guys. They look similar until you look at the outsoles. And this one has this kind of like cutout right here. And it's called a cup sole, which is reminiscent to what we'd see on later model basketball shoes like the airship. Mm-hmm. And so something else that's been really neat about this collection has been looking at the same model year after year and seeing some of the little modifications Another difference is we've got foam tongues in this one, and these tongues are stitched up together. So it's just been fun to compare them year after year and see the little innovations that they come up with to make the shoes more comfortable or more lightweight. Actually, I've seen in the past that Nike has marketed this cupsole as something that makes the shoe more lightweight because they're cutting out a part of the soul so there's not lying there but i mean jordy you brought up the the stitch tongue there nike will go back and forth right there's bruins now that go back to that style and then they decide to restitch it again it's just a flavor of the year and just to see the subtle changes are so cool very cool uh and sorry for dropping you guys i didn't mean that (laughs) (laughs) don't hurt the shoes i won't they're fine They've lasted this long. They can yeah, last right. a little drop. Right, them. yeah. Uh, next up is another pair that I'm really excited about. And they're just so cute because they're a size three. Here's a little DS pair of Cortez's, which, of course, was one of the first Nike models ever. And I have it paired up with... I have a so matching cute. one, Jordan. Love they're it. so cute. And then here's <laughs> a pair of the Onitsuka Tiger Corsairs, which, of course, was the inspiration 
for the Cortez. And I just love looking at these two shoes <sighs> next to one another. So the heel tab and the heel in particular is uncle Phil had some, I had got, got away with some stuff. I'm just kidding. It's crazy because you know, they ripped off the Corsair made the Cortez and they named it the Cortez because Adidas had a shoe called the Azteca and Cortez conquered the Aztecs. So he went ahead and stole a shoe from another company and decided that he was going to name it to conquer a different company. Oh my God. There's a lot wrapped up in this. A lot of sneakers. Those are, I mean, and what's really, again, let's just drive this home. Those are leather shoes with dual density foam designed for running initially like who's running in that shoe nowadays forest gum 72 <laughs> i believe they dropped in 72 right jordy yes that's so right. that was the pinnacle of running tech it was just really funny I did go running earlier, different brand, but you know, years later, this is a running shoe in 2023 <laughs> and that's a running shoe in 1972. Mm-hmm. And that's hilarious to me. It is. How do you like those, uh, on shoes? This is not a sponsored ad, but I absolutely only run in on running shoes now. Wow. <laughs> They're that good. But cool. that at the time, the dual density foam, you can, the dual density is the blue and the white, right? Um, mm-hmm. just so that was the pinnacle. Like that was like the best you could get of running shoes. This was a major innovation at Nike yeah. credited to Bill Bowerman in, in cushioning. I mean, there was nothing like it at the time. And they go back and have stories about how Kenny Moore hurt himself while running and they needed to come up with a shoe that had cushioning all throughout. And the Cortez is what they came up with. That's, that's my favorite part of that shoe. Obviously it looks great. The white, red, and blue never goes out of style, but that is a literal time machine. You could get away. If, if we all got back to the future and had to go back, if we had to get the right footwear to blend in right, throw a pair of those on, blend in just fine. I love them. And then I've got just one more shoe that I pulled aside. I love these too. Check that this out. The Robbie Road Racer. <laughs> I love it. I sent my mom a photo of those too. <laughs> I just think it's amazing that you have your own shoe, Robbie. And then with the waffle soles, I mean, come on. <laughs> and the color, right? I mean, how many times has Nike used to great effect that maze and, you know, deep, let's call it Michigan, right? That that deep royal that is just so good. If you the look color- at go ahead, Mon. I was going to say the colors on the shoes are just so intense. They're different than what you would see today. There's something about not just the shoes on everything. It's just really vibrant, bright. The greens are crazy. Oranges are good. They pop. They really pop. Yeah, they do. So some fun facts about this shoe. If you look closely here, it actually says U.S. patent number 37937.50. I'll try to get it close enough up that you can see. And that, of course, is the original patent for Nike waffles. But you'll notice that the little nubs on these are shaped like hexagons, which is actually really cool because if you look back at the patent for Nike waffles, it talks about that the nubs are polygons. It doesn't specify that they're squares or rectangles like what we're used to seeing. And now Mm -hmm. here we actually have an example where it's an odd-shaped polygon and a waffle sole calling out that patent. So I don't know. To me, 
that's super cool. But I'm a big time waffle nerd. So there you go. <laughs> Popular waffle patterns now are squares, a little nub, right? A little nub in the middle of them. And that's just right trial and error. That's that's how they were at the time and it didn't stick around. But so cool to have that. Those also Do look any- smaller. What size are those? Hey, Jordan, do any of those have the... Oh, What'd you sorry. Say? I say, Jordan, do any of them have the Nike swoosh on the bottom? Do you have any of those shoes there that have the... Not handy, but yes, okay. there are some of those models where when you look at the outsole of the shoe, there's like a 500 different little Nike swooshes. I think those were on the Spirit, if I remember correctly. Or like the Prodigy even, maybe. Yeah, maybe that too. We also know him on the Oceania is another company that has that. It's like the girly shoes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, actually something about all the inventory, there's a lot of kids' shoes. Of course, there's men's and women's shoes, but it's very diverse down from something like this that's a two and a half to I saw a pair of size 15 Adidas yesterday. So there's a broad range. Yeah. Something for everyone. Literally something for everyone. I've been biting my tongue to ask, well, do you have this size and that? It's not the time for that. But uh, (laughs) that's how jarring they are. I think, Monica, with the color thing, the dyes, man, just I hate hate to be a stickler, but just things are not made or materials are not used the same way they used to be. And then stuff nowadays will fade in a couple of years. That has made it. Just gotta like get a little handful. <laughs> Try to be a gangster with them. It, the dye, <laughs> oh, just the red. Yeah, the red on that Converse really, really pops too. These ones too. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And then I have a cool pair. I want to show you really quick. <laughs> Komenichi. I think she did Dancing with the Stars recently or something. I don't really keep up with that kind of television, but. Sounds about right. These I haven't laced up. They're weightlifting. Oh, those are cool. Yeah, they're crazy. Show the that the midsole. It almost a little platform on it. Yeah, Yeah, they're super rigid. They're like a weightlifting. I asked Greg if he'd wear them today, and he laughed at me. (laughs) I'm not sure what that means. I think they're stylish. Wearing them, we'll know. We've got that shoe in white and red in a variety of sizes here, ready to go. And then another one just like that in that blue suede. Again, listeners, March 1st, Jordy, I'm guessing it's going to be through your Shoeseum eBay page, the easiest eBay page to find. That's right. Um, one of my easiest ones to find. And March 1st, people, do not miss out on these. There's so much more. Like we've kind of alluded to, if there's a red pair, there could be a blue pair. If there's a blue pair, there could be a gray pair, right? Just keep your eyes open. Check out the page. Um, we'll link it in the description of this episode too. But everybody, I'm so thankful that you decided to come on the show and share this story. Who would have thought 16 months ago you'd be talking about shoes on a podcast isn't that the truth no we appreciate you guys uh helping us navigate through these treasures and figure it out thanks for uh taking some time with us of course jordy you you won't be a stranger we'll have we'll have more of you um but yeah we'll link the description in the description here where you can find these items so listeners thank you so much make sure you like and subscribe uh have a great afternoon thanks for spending time with us see See you guys bye. bye bye
Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.